Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies. I wanted to give a little disclaimer before we get into this episode, because as you know, you clicked on this, so you fucking know we just had on Tommy Chong, and it was fucking amazing. Now, I want you guys to understand something. I do not agree with a lot of things that he said. He talked about Ukraine and then changed the subject before I could rebuttal. He talked about our universe, and I bit my tongue on that one, and he changed the subject before I could really rebuttal. And uh, there was something else that he talked about, which I did not agree with. However, it's Tommy fucking Chong. So we got to think, what are the cool ass things about this guy that I love and respect? So instead of saying that guy said this about this, let's think, think about the things that he was saying that we do agree with or things that we can take. Um, we had Jeremy and Amber are finally back from their vacation and everything. And guys, we're going to get that uh, microphone situation set up so that we're sounding legit. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, but as of now, uh, we're doing what we can. And it's, it's, I think it sounds fucking great. So fuck it for now. Um, Jeremy and Amber, uh, you guys have some things that you want to talk about before we get into the show? We got a uh, hella dope art online everywhere at Cosmic Fractal Magnitudes cosmicfractalmagnitudes.com uh, this is one of our designs we've got 10 designs and we're going to be coming out with some winter clothing this year so we really appreciate Catalyst you having us on and we're so excited about uh, everything you know meeting Tommy Chong and uh, getting to hear from him and uh, I all just, the gold nuggets along the way that's right yeah. yeah it was a great conversation i really enjoyed it and like i said there are some things that i didn't necessarily agree with but as a whole it was just a great conversation and what it what what a cool dude you know to even like probably had no idea who the fuck white rabbit is and he still came on our show so that was fucking awesome uh guys go check out cosmicfractalmagnitudes.com and if you enter promo code rabbit you will receive 13 percent off also go to mypatriotcigar.com and enter promo code rabbit you will receive 15 percent off also warehouse.salon and enter promo code rabbit and you will receive savings up to 10 percent it helps helps go towards the zoom bills so I could keep doing this. Love you guys. Thank you so much, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies. And let's get into it. Fucking Tommy Chong, guys. Woo! Excuse me. Has anybody seen uh, That was a joke about the world being flat, right? Was it? Why does it seem like the further we go back in history, the more advanced we were? You're telling me people were so primitive they took a hammer and chisel and made this? President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. When we were successful, we were them. We had a real chance at this new world order. Welcome, fellow truthers, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones, and today we have an amazing show lined up for you. And, you know, I had to bring in uh, the Weed Ninjas uh, for this episode. You know, they couldn't miss this one. So welcome home, Jeremy and Amber. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Wonderful. Grateful to be here. Starstruck. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, uh, I've been teasing it, guys. I've been teasing it, and here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we have on the legend himself, Mr. Tommy Chong. 
How are you doing, brother? I'm doing very well, thank you. Considering uh, what I've gone through over the years, I'm here and I'm happy and I'm healthy and I'm ready to go. Heck yeah, you are. And you look, you look amazing, sir, I, I might add. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if you know, but White Rabbit is kind of a, a conspiracy type of a podcast. So we like to talk about all kinds of stuff like different realities and realms and what could be and whatnot. And I heard you on my buddy Brandon's podcast, Expanding Reality, and you blew me away with some of the things that you like to talk about and get into. And I'm just curious, man, were you always a free thinker or was it the psychedelics that uh, started your brain in motion? Uh, a little bit of, I've always been a, a seeker, a looker, uh, and uh, because I had health issues uh, early in my life, I had a chance to, to do some bedtime, you know, uh, and some, uh, and that, and that'll, that, that will change your whole thing, you know, when, because when you're sick or in bed, the only thing that really works for you is your brain. Right. And, and uh, everything else need to either rest or, or too much exercise, you know. And so, uh, so I, I, and then, then I was like, my earliest memories was in a hospital next to a, a, a kid that had, had, you know, been in, in bed most of it, all of his early life. I forget what he had, something. But anyway, he, he learned things like uh, how to use his toes, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, like picking up marbles and stuff with his toes. And so he, so I, I learned how to do do that myself, you know. Uh, but er, yeah, and then and then I went from the hospital right into a, like an orphanage home and so you know what i realized especially with all this homeless stuff going on is that i really i was homeless right up to about uh until i was about age six seven years old before we really got our own house you before just that, blew me away i had no idea yeah before that uh my mom you know, who was part native, by the way, which I found out just recently, a couple of years ago. Uh, she, my, my dad joined the army, right? Almost as soon as I was born. Uh, no, but a year after, the, he, he, he joined the, the Canadian army and he was off. And so we traveled him, traveled with him. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I was a baby, of course, and my mother, and then I had a, a, a older brother. He was three years older than me, and so, uh, so we were ba basically homeless. We went from relative to relative. You know, my mom's uh, uh, brothers and sisters, and we stayed at their house, and uh, and then you know, in motels and our hotels, and and then my mother got you know, staying at different relatives' houses, which was, by the way, which was great because it's like being on vacation. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. You probably learned so much along the way. Oh. Well, you're, when you're, uh, I was a toddler then. You know? Oh, I got you. Uh, but, but when I was um, just, yeah, I, I, my mother was a great storyteller. And so, so she used to 
you know, like uh, she would tell stories about us growing up and, and she was a great collector of pictures. We got a documentary coming out, a Cheech and Chong documentary coming out uh, really soon. It, it's it's uh, just being sweetened up now with the music. But in, in the documentary, you know, it, it just it tells about our the, the journey that, that I'm still on. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and yeah, so I, I realized, uh, you know, just lately, you know, that's why I went to jail so easy. It was no problem because I, I was really, my earliest memory was, was being incarcerated <laughs> in, right. in, a, in a Salvation Army home, you know, right. uh, uh, because I was taken from the hospital, which I was treated beautifully in the hospital because I was a cute little brown guy. So I had all these big titted nurses coming around hugging me all the time. <laughs> so, so, so that steered me in the right direction. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And, 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 and so when I, when I finally ended up in jail, it was no big deal. It was like going home. You know? Yeah. Cause you already learned how to live free in your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to. Right. You, you don't have you're not uh, I wasn't being taught anything I was learning everything by myself you know just by being quiet hanging around and watching and then learning and then uh, you know like survival for instance I learned how not to get picked on by by being uh, quiet by being uh, you know you you, you when you grow up like I did, you have no sense of owning anything. You know, like yeah. like when I was when I was in the home, I never rode a tricycle, for instance, because oh. I was too I was too small. And, and the kids, all the older kids, would grab it, grab the one tricycle that was for the kids in the home. The older kids would monopolize everything, including food and and uh, and toys. And so I would have to be content with a stick. Man, <laughs> or, the orphanage sounds like it, it prepared you for prison almost, huh? Well, it did. It, it, yeah. absolutely, it absolutely did. Because the first night I was in there, the, the home kids played tricks on me. Uh, and, and I didn't know about it. I, you know, it was my first time in the, in the home sleeping overnight. And, and, and we're in a dormitory. And, and the thing was, was to, what the kids were doing, they started doing, uh, because of me, I didn't know it at the time, but they were crawl up on their, they climb up on their, there's a, a locker next to the bed and jump off the locker onto the bed, you know, and it would make a hell of a noise and everybody was doing it. And so they convinced me to get up there and try it. And so as soon as I got up on top of the, the locker, everybody knew that the 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 the, oh, the, no. ward, the the ward was coming that's so, so they, mean they set you up they made they all said, the noise so that you would take the fall <laughs> they would they set me up and i was caught right on top and the and the the matron came in and she says okay you come with me and and I had no idea. I'd never been struck before in my life oh. hit by anyone, except my big brother. But that was, uh, you know, that was sneakily. That was done when no one was watching. <laughs> but I'd never been hit by my, my dad was in the army, you know, was overseas. My mother, she, she never disciplined us. You know, she was sick too. I was 
and so so when they uh, when the matron led me downstairs, you know, I had no idea what was going on. She said, "Hold out your hand." I held up my hand. Whack! She whacked it with a with a uh, with a strap or a ruler or belt or something. And then she says, "Hold out the other hand." I held up the other hand. She whacked me with that, and I never cried because I I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> right? It was like whack whack, and, <clears throat> and then she said, "Now go up to go up to bed, and you go up to get in bed and behave yourself." And so, halfway up the stairs, I kind of tripped, and my hands hit the hit the dirt on the the grit on the on the stairs, and and that's. That's when I, I I cried a little bit, yeah, uh, from the pain. Did the kids but, laugh at you when you walked back in? But the no, they're they're all, you know, faking like you know, like they were all sleeping, you know. Oh, yeah, they, they were supposed to be asleep, and so that was my uh, welcome to the to the jungle uh, <laughs> thing, you know. And then after that, uh, I, I after that, then then you know, being like a, the smallest kid there i you know just like supper uh breakfast forget it you know there all the the older kids would grab all the good stuff and uh and you know i was left with uh <laughs> leftovers basically or or porridge I, I could never eat porridge after that oh man uh, for the longest time because it you know i, I this thing here i went from the hospital where they would bring me my breakfast on a tray. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful nurse to bring me breakfast. Here's your breakfast time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went from there to uh, Oliver Twist, you know, sitting there. Right. Like... <laughs> and, 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 and with the, it was the Salvation Army oh. at, at home. And so there was all this uh, hymn singing and religious stuff going on and before the meal, because that's when they used to preach before breakfast you know and and they would do the big uh, you know the uh, it was funny because after I, I you know when when I, you know a couple of years ago i can't remember now you know maybe 20 30 years ago i started uh, i got really into uh, the spiritual world you know and then i realized how much uh the 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 Salvation Army, you know how they did their their Christian. It was a militant Christian thing, which was so so against all the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. I, you I, know, I feel like places like that gatekeep the truth from you. You know, like yeah. you, like uh, you if you don't know the truth, and you and you just go along with whatever they say, it's almost like they mold you into what they want you to be. And, and That's that that's what they did that's what they tried to do well but the, but the good good thing about the salvation army and i really appreciate it appreciate them for that is that they were like substance free uh place you know and that's where the alcohol you know back in the day that's where the homeless went that's where the the you know if you know well that's where we went you know my my my, my dad couldn't uh, uh deal with three three kids because i had a younger sister by then and and so he put us in in the home you know that's what the government uh, provided or the salvation army it wasn't the government salvation army so it's religious uh you know they they were good they would help the drunks and they would help the fallen and they would help the poor and the kids <coughs> and they still do <coughs> they still do that's why 
this homeless problem they got, you know, uh, the politicians are making a big deal out of it, you know, acting like no one's doing anything, you know, but come on, our system of, of, of democracy has been taking care of drunks and homeless and junkies forever, right. you know, uh, and, and they still will, <laughs> you know, it'll never stop, you know, so, so it, it was, thinking back, you know, especially with the, you know, the, the way we, the way they ha had it fixed back then. Now, just remember, this was right after the, the Second World War. And like my dad, uh, like I said, we never had a house. And the, the first house we had, had no indoor plumbing. It was a shack. It was, I, I found out, not too long ago that I, I have I have a lot of native, eight percent native in me. That meant my mother had twenty percent. My grandmother, who I never met, she committed suicide. She had she was fifty percent. She was half native. Oh now, wow! So if you found grown. that out earlier, then Cheech and Chong might have been a completely different type of <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> it sure would have been. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I imagine no but you know what i've realized is that i've i've been uh, uh again yeah i've been fighting this racist uh, uh you know uh, attitude since i was born since since since, uh, since uh, from the beginning because growing up when i when i grew up in calgary calgary was like one of the racist city i think they're their their sister city in the states is Houston, Texas, I believe. <laughs> you know, and so we had the Jim Crow attitude in Calgary. Wow, you know, yeah, it's a Calgary, and, and and check this out, Calgary, surrounded by natives, you know, indigenous. The yeah. the all the the natives from America went up to Canada, went up right up to Calgary. You know the Sioux and uh, and all sorts of uh, Cheyenne, all of them went went up to Canada to get away from the Americans, and and then they stayed up there as long as they could. Then they had to come back down and go, and go back, go on to reservations, and so so I was part of that that that, that I am still That's awesome. to this day. Yeah. That is so cool. So what uh, what tribe are you from? Did you find out? I'm not sure. I'm still doing the research. It could be Ojibwe. Okay. It, it, it could be very, very much Ojibwe. I, I'm thinking it's it's Ojibwe because of the nature of my grandmother. She was very secretive about it. Ojibwe were like the business people of the of the different tribes. They were like the Jews uh, of all the natives. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, they were the the ones that worried about land and, and business and and uh and commerce and stuff like that as far as i know no uh, but but my mother my grandmother you know she she committed suicide when she when my mother was uh, seven years old and and so my mother never really got a, an education uh she she was taken out of uh school when my when my grandmother died she was my my grandfather, who was Scottish, by the way, Gilchrist. He was a Gilchrist. Uh, he was a carpenter and uh, and like a handyman, and uh, and a very ladies' man too. Uh, 
but my, my, when my grandmother committed suicide, my mother was taken out of school at the age of seven and then really put into a, a, an English family home as an indentured servant. servant. And, and so she was, my, my, my mother was self-taught. She, she learned how to read and write on her own. And, and to, when, when she died, she, she used to write me letters all the time. She's a great letter writer. And she used to, that, that, that very uh, primitive scroll. Yes. Know, her spelling was very phonetic. And, and, uh, but her letters, they're, they're, she, was, she was an angel. Let's put it that way. She was. A, she was. A, <laughs> uh, I bought a house in Malibu one time, and and and, and the house. This one, when Cheech and I made the uh, made the big record. You know, the was it? Uh, yeah, the movie actually. We, we were did up in smoke at the time, and we were living in Malibu, and I bought this house, beautiful house. Nick Nolte and has it now. It got handed down through. Uh, Don Felder, the Eagles, bought it, and then oh, uh, David Foster, the great composer, he bought it after them. And now Nick Nolte has it now, and I think Nick Nolte's selling it too. But it was a beautiful, beautiful estate uh, actually. And and when about the estate, there was a couple of dogs, uh, you know, a white poodle and a Labrador, uh, no, a, a, a collie. And and so the owner that I bought it off, he asked me if it, if I could take keep the staff, the Mexican family, and and the dogs. <laughs> and I said, sure, absolutely. And so uh, and then he had horses too, and we used to rent the the or let the neighbors use their the corral to keep his horse in there. And one day the horse kicked the, the white dog in the face and and they knocked his eye. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. And so my mother, who was visiting us at the time, actually living with us at the time, she, oh, that dog, she takes the dog and she takes his eyeball and puts it back in the socket. <laughs> 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 and the dog was just, oh, thank you. I mean, she, she had that, she had that, that ability that, that animals recognized right away. That's amazing. Did the eye stay in? Did the eye stay in the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was blind. You know, it was no good anymore. But, but it, you know, it wasn't removed. <laughs> that's that's so great. Yeah, yeah. So your mom had that ability. I I feel like I have that too. Like animals really trust me and come to me. You know, I think sure. that comes with people that have a, an empathic soul. I believe. So, well, what it is basically is that. Every, every living, we're related to every living creature and plant and being on, in the universe. I yes. won't even just say on the planet, I'll say in the universe. Love to hear that. And, and therefore, uh, there's parts of us that relate to all of it, you know, and, and we're, 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 we're here like a, like we're in a movie. That's what I like. What 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 Trump did? Trump Trump got trained to be in a movie called you know The Apprentice, and it, 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 to him that was training to be in life, because for his life, his life was always a movie. 
In other words, if he didn't like something, he'd just make it up, make up something and, and do another movie because he had the money <laughs> and right. the wherewithal. And so, so Trump really thinks, you know, that life is a movie. And, and, and in a lot of ways, it is. Yeah. Only, prob only problem is, is that when you're doing wrong things, you should not record yourself. <laughs> it's, right. not, it's not the best idea to, to try to overturn the government and do selfies while you're doing it, you know. Right, right. Or, or smoke crack and, and record yourself doing that, too. You know, like, I don't understand what's going on with some of these people that they're putting in front of us. But uh, yeah, to go back, I think that, that yeah, life is is your own movie, right? And we're, we are the main character of our own movie. And, and they're good, there's going to be good parts and, and bad parts of that movie. But I feel like we chose to came in into this being that we are in for this particular part, if we want to call it a movie. And I truly feel like we have a purpose. And if anybody has a purpose, man, Chong, you have totally changed the lives of so many people with your movement. Um, do you think that weed would even be legal right now if it wasn't for Cheech and Chong? The, you guys were amazing in just opening people's eyes to everything. Well, I, I you know, I, I want to accept, you know, the, the compliment because it is a compliment, <clears throat> you know, to say that, 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 uh, no, actually, uh, what I did, um, you know, like again, I was I was raised with spiritual prayers every morning, uh, and and the only uh, um, entertainment when you when you're that poor, and, and you know when you're like we were, uh, the only entertainment you have is church. Uh, it's the only excuse to put on the good clothes. Other than that, you know, we, when I was a kid growing up in Calgary, uh, we never wore shoes in the summer. Uh, and uh, and we had a pair of pants and uh, a shirt. Uh, or, it wasn't even a t-shirt, it was just a, a, a shirt. And, and uh, you had to keep yourself clean because everything was washed by hand. Right, <laughs> you know, so so it wasn't like you just let the maid pick up your clothes on the on the floor. Uh, my mother, again, with one mom, she had to wash all the bedding uh, by hand, and we had to carry the water from a pump to, to the stove to heat it up to get hot water to do all this stuff with. You wow. see, so 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 you know, just living. Was, How incredible! Was, was a chore. That, was that's a chore, you know? that's so amazing to me, and that that somebody like you that went through what you have gone through got to be in the place that you are now, and, and it's just it's an, it's an amazing thing that you truly did go from rags to riches, and it's it, totally, totally. Like I said, I was homeless. You know, we were homeless, considered homeless, until my dad finally bought the house, and he and I think he bought the house for about five hundred dollars, all in. It. And that was like an acre and a half or so. And we had chickens, we had uh, a little garden, you know, uh, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't storybook by no means. In fact, when we grew our food, which we grew potatoes and carrots and sometimes peas if we were lucky, uh, but mostly carrots. And my dad would, would rent the, the, the land, but he would rent the hill 
because it was cheaper. Everybody wanted the flat land because that was easy. But <laughs> even, even, even growing up poor, you can even get poorer than the poorest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so my dad, because he was cheap, he would rent the, 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 the side of the hill. You know, he was very Chinese and very, very, uh, he was westernized. Like all his friends were white guys or, or Italians or American or Canadian, you know. Yeah. And that's why he joined the army. He didn't have to join the army. They didn't want Chinese in the army, in, in any army, in Canada or the States. But my dad was American, uh, Canadian citizen, so they had to take him. And they were glad to take him, you know. The racism only stretches as far as the, the political thing. But but when they needed, you know, like like uh, Putin needs people on his board. He don't care who they are, you know, just you put them in a uniform. And that's the way the, the Second World War was. And so my dad, because he was in the, in the service, then, then we got little perks, which I think it was my mother that kind of, or one of his, uh, army friends reminded him that, hey, you're a veteran. You don't need to be living in this shack. You know, you can get yourself a, a nice uh, a wartime house, which we finally did, you know. And, oh, and so I the Canadians that. take care of their veterans a lot better than America does then, huh? Well, America did too, but but uh, yeah, because there are wartime houses all over all over the the the, the both America and in in Canada. Yeah, they're 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 like track houses. I think almost like like what they want to build for the homeless. But uh, you know that's a dream that might not happen. But yeah, that's what. So my when we when my dad finally you know got on the list or whatever it was, we ended up moving into the into the city in Calgary, which was also very funny because now now picture this: my my brother, three years older, you know, so. His, he was like a little man as soon as he could carry anything he's carrying wood he's carrying the water you know pumping the water he was a little he was a, the little farmhand <laughs> and and because i was kind of sickly i got a got a, a pass from a lot of that stuff you know then we had a, a younger sister and then she got a pass from everything you know she was just treated like a little 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 queen uh you know like a little girl and uh, but but my as a result, my my brother got tough as nails, you know, you know, carrying water since you're eight, seven, six years old, you know, it gives you shoulders and arms, you know. And so yeah. he, he was he was uh, he wasn't that tall, but he was tough as nails and he had long arms and he was sneaky. You know, he, he could put a punch in. In fact, when he got older, he was a brawl. And, and because he was in the Salvation Army home, uh, he had to go to school. He had to go to public school. And, and so all the bullies at the public school, because back in the day, you know, we just remember we were still in a war, basically, you know, in the 40s. Uh, and then, you know, it never stopped. Uh, and so the, the rule of the day was to be uh, fighting. You're always fighting uh, fistfights. Yeah, the tough, toughest guys at school would look around and, and the new kid and, and give him the give him the, you know give make eye contact. It, it, it's like I'll, I'll meet you after school, you know. And then they would go on there, they form a little fighting ring, and then we they would go at it, you know. And and it was like MMA fighting, 
Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't no, you know, uh, rules. You know, it get in there, and I, you, you, you didn't look good on biting. You, you wouldn't bite. <laughs> Yeah, but it was everything... like no biting and no kicking in the nuts, right? That was, that was kind of our rules at, at our school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, you did what you had to do. Exactly. And, right. and, and, and that's, that's the way. So my brother, you know, he was, he was one of those guys that would look for them because he got bullied all the way to school when he was, when he was a kid. And, and until they realize that you know you don't mess with this kid this kid is tough and he's got these long arms and he can throw a, a wicked punch uh, he, what was his the left hook he had a left hook that came out of nowhere yeah. he would be down here and this left hook would come up and bam and then the guy would be toast that, but he was he wanted on your side yeah he was three years older than me and so he he i was considered that creepy little brother oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh but no one messed with me either and yeah then you we, were untouchable right yeah so we so we go to the school the first day in school in, in the city now we moved into the city from the country we're in the city and the first thing well we're living in this um, uh, wartime housing uh, development area and Right there, it was there every white. I was all white guys, you know, the white, mostly uh, Air Force because they they were the whitest of them all, and they got the houses, you know. And they and so they had a communal land, a lawn, you know, no fences. We moved in, the fences popped up like <laughs> like spring flowers, man. There's fences all over the neighborhood because uh, this this Chinese guy with his white wife and his uh, Native kids moved into the house, and my but my brother and I, you know, we lived. It was country living, and so part of our we never had toys. You never there was no toy store, you know. And so what you did, you go to the the kitchen, get the paring knives, mm -hmm. and practice throwing knives into the into the barn. Yeah. Until we got really good at knife throwing, we could throw knives for twenty yards. My my brother was deadly. One time we were on the country, we were walking down the country road and there was a, 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 mice, a, a explosion of mice because a lot of wheat fields. And so the fields were filled with mice and this one mouse went running across the road. My brother took this kind of like a bowie knife and cut it right in half. Oh, <laughs> wow. 20, 20 feet away. Well, it's running. It's running. And my brother, bam, nailed it. Man, that's, well, that's like some Rambo type stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we did. That's <laughs> that's that's exactly. That. We went on adventures. We'd we would bring rope, and and then we'd go off into the into the country. And there, this is in Calgary. This you know in the mountains and. Uh, we had raging rivers and stuff like that that we would play you know you could die yeah <laughs> yeah we uh the, the three of us we grew up in the mountains man and like so it was a uh, uh, far away from the city and we we had that you know growing up fishing and jumping off of huge rocks into the rivers and stuff like that you know you know did you start your own fire did you have your own little fire oh yeah we would have bonfires all the time yes well one of the things yeah. is is we had to rake needles in order for fire code because it would start a forest fire so they would come and make sure so you would rake big piles of needles and then burn them every year yeah 
Yeah, that's the way we did. There was no garbage pickup. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you get all the crap there and then you put them in a big pile and you burn it. Yeah, the fields, yeah, yeah. You rake the fields and, and put a big pile, have a big bonfire. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Good yeah. family bonding time. I loved those times, man. So when, oh, that was great. when um, I know that you're really passionate about music and that was kind of where you started, but what made you want to get into comedy more so than music or, or did it just so, so happen to be that way? I was, like I said, when I was a kid, I, I, I learned, and then army cadets and that, I learned that if, if you can make people laugh, you know, uh, just change their mind, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and then I started really young. I started hanging out with the, the rejects of, 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 the, of the place because I was a reject. And, and so I, I, there'd always be some funny kid that was really funny. He could do something stupid. Uh, and, and I'd hang with, we, we'd hang together. Yeah. And I always had a, I always had a cheech with me. I always had a friend, a best friend. And, uh, and a lot of times there were only boys in the family and they never had a family. So they would use our family as their family, you know? And so I always had a, a, a friend and, and, and then I found out I had musical ability. I would, we'd visit, I had a, an uncle. Well, he wasn't really a blood uncle, but back in the day, the Chinese, uh, the immigration never had anybody spoke Chinese. And so when you got to the immigration to get a visa, or to, you know, you get the passports, everybody was, you're, you're related to everybody. Oh, that's my uncle. Oh, gotcha. and, and so we had an uncle, Joe, and he had an adopted son uh, named Winky was his, his name. I don't even, can't even remember his, his real name. But anyway, Winky was, the, the teenager he was like 16 years old when i was like eight and so he uh, his room was phenomenal because he had all these uh, sexy uh, magazines you know <laughs> he could get in there and, and he had they're hidden under his bed and he had a uh, 12 bass accordion and i would just boom right over to that accordion and pick it up and i just i could pick out tunes by my ear by ear and i'd sit in there for hours hours just playing this accordion and finally i was going home one day and they said oh don't forget your accordion <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> they they gave me the accordion <laughs> my uncle uh, and so i oh by the way he was my uncle joe chinese yeah not really not related but when we moved into the wartime house i went to the park by myself and i met the gang you know, and sure enough, the gang, they were bigger than me, but they had a little guy my size. And so they pushed us together and said, okay, you got to fight. Now, I don't remember, I was, I got a three-year-old, uh, a brother that's three years older than me. And so I learned a lot of things <laughs> about how to put someone down, you know, where to hit. You know? Yeah. And so when they when they put me apart, paired me up with a guy, man, I give him a gut shot, and that was the end of the fight. <clears throat> and so the big kids threw me down a bit, roughed me up a bit, but I was too small for them to really, you know. And I wouldn't fight back. That's the other thing I learned too. Is if you don't fight back, they get tired of pounding on you, you know. So they quit. And so so I went home, 
and I'm crying, you know, more, more of my feelings hurt, you know, that I got rejected like that. And, and my uncle, my Chinese uncle takes me in the backyard and says, I teach you three ways to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and so he taught me, okay, first, the nose. He oh, said, yeah. hit, hit the nose, hit the nose with your hand, boom, right into the, right in the nose. <laughs> he said, you can drive the, no, the bone fragments into the brain, that'll kill him. And the other one was uh, come around and hit behind the ear. The knuckle right behind the ear, yeah. right there. You hit there, and you, you kill it. Oh, and the third one, third one was the uh, the chop to the neck, right to the neck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I got to tell you something. I, I tried it on the next door neighbor who we're just playing <laughs> around. We're just we're just rousing around a little bit, and I tried it on him. Next thing you know, he's <laughs> got running home. He's got a bleeding nose. <laughs> My mother, my mother brings him over and knocks on the door. My mother, they had a conversation about your son beat mine. And I, I was never known for being beating up anybody. And so my mother said, oh, yeah, that's Tommy's not. Tommy would never do that. <laughs> oh, well, that, that, that's, oh, yeah, but that's how, that, that's how you survive, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, all three of those things that you mentioned were taught to me as I was a kid too, but I do have to put a disclaimer out there. We do not condone violence here at White Rabbit. Neither does Tommy Chong. <laughs> no, what, what, again, again, it was because, you know, to, to save your... Exactly. Your see, see, this is what I learned too, is that about karate and, and all those martial arts, they're no good when you're attacking somebody, you know. Right. I got I got attacked. I was in um, uh, not too long, well, yeah, but much years ago, uh, when Jodie Foster was a big star, uh -huh. and and she was coming from. Uh, I was I was at the airport waiting for my wife, and, and she rode the plane with Jodie Foster, and as they were, as they were they were landing, the pilot came out. Or the, someone anyway. The announcement came over that uh, Tommy Chung was involved in a in a brawl at the LAX, and and uh, yeah. And so, what happened was that the Hari Krishnas were bugging the shit out of uh, everybody flying in, begging for money, you know. And 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 uh, and the airport employees tried to drive them away by following them around and blowing whistles and making noise and so they um, uh, so the Hare Krishnas sent some goons some karate type guys down to protect their Hare Krishna people and so I was waiting for Shelby to get up you know to fly in from uh, uh, Paris and uh, and this Hare Krishna karate guy got got in my face basically he was looking for a fight you know really and and i had that attitude like don't don't mess with me you know and so i i went to push him away and uh, he attacked me and he knocked off my glasses and uh, he threw out but you know i've been attacked by the best you know yeah <laughs> and so so uh you know, like my brother, you know, when you get attacked by someone like that, you you kind of, the first memory is waking up on the floor, you know, uh, coming to. 
And, and so when he attacked me, he knocked off my glasses and I thought, and I, this is in my, in my, my country mind, I thought, well, oh, this, this guy's kind of weak. <laughs> 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 and I'm looking at the floor thinking, oh, okay. I could drive his head into this uh, cement floor. Uh, but then I, then something came over me and I realized the power of, of, uh, nonviolence it's there's so much power to that and and so then i i never instead of fighting back or grabbing or wrestling or that i just started blocking all those the shots that he was throwing at me he's throwing all these karate shots but it, it was like practicing you see karate's not good to attack anybody with you right know? it's a defensive uh, posture and then you use their whatever they're doing you grab their arm you know you use that that force against them but because i because i just went i just went limp i just kind of like stopped you know did anything the guy finally stopped hitting me and 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 then, and then the cops came and, and then the, they grabbed him, and then the, all the the witnesses, oh, he beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he beat John up. He, he, he really whacked him. Oh, man. And I had some of my gangster friends say, come on, what, what, what really happened? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was a hero because I never threw a punch. Yeah, never threw a punch, and all I did was you know pick up my glasses, put my glasses back on. <laughs> it looked like I was some bookworm that you know got attacked. <laughs> anyway, they 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 took him. There's a a, a a jail in the LAX, and they put him in in that little jail in the basement. And then later, the guy, one of the cops, they found out who I was, of course. And then the cops come up and, and he says, the guy, he says, do you want to press charges? And I said, no, absolutely not. You know, and he says, well, then uh, we're going to keep him here for a while anyway, you know, just to <laughs> teach him a sweat. lesson. <laughs> yeah, he said, but he wants to, he wants to apologize to you. <clears throat> and so I went down and, uh, and I saw him a, a little bit and he, he said he was sorry and uh, I said, no problem. <laughs> that was the end of it. You know what? That's a that's a real big man of you to even walk down there and give him a chance to apologize to you. Because a lot of people would be like, no, you know what? To heck with that guy. And, and a lot of people would even have pressed charges. And I think that. Oh, yeah. I think that, that makes you a really big man. That's awesome. Congrats. No, no. I, I've, I've been there. I, I know that feeling, you know, uh, you know, of being. <laughs> Of being stupid, you know, because that's all, you know, the guy was, you know, and 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 that's the thing about about uh, especially karate or, or those, you know, those Oriental because the, they're designed, they're designed to protect you from the the bad people, you know, to keep you from getting hurt, you know. Sure, you're gonna immobilize the other guy, you know, but you're not going to kill him. You're not going to take his life, you know, unless you have to, and 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 that's sad too. That's very sad. You know? Yeah, I, I was on I, I was on Joe Rogan's show. In fact, they don't play this the thing because basically, as much as I know about fighting and killing, and you know, I, I was in army cadets. I learned I was a marksman. 
I, I learned how to shoot, you know, and if I was going to go in the, the service at the time, I would have been a marksman, uh, you know, the, the, a sniper. Nice. And, uh, and so I, I took all that thing. I, I, I learned so much about, uh, you know, how to, how, how to kill and how to create, uh, you know, all sorts of havoc uh, with, uh, with the military thing. But the one thing I learned is that there's, there's no joy in, in hurting anybody. There's no, no joy in it whatsoever, no matter what they've done to you. You you don't walk away with a good feeling, you know, in fact, that's why so many uh, servicemen, you know, that they suffer uh, immense harm, physical, mental harm. Because it's you're you're going against what you know is wrong, you know, to hurt, hurt, kill, you know, and and what's going on, like what's going on in the Ukraine, it, it it's it's so sad because Volinsky is 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 doing exactly what he should do, which which is it's 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 a defensive move, but by being defensive the way he is protecting what he owns he's morally right and and that's very important that's very important because that's what we're really that's a test see earth the physical universe is like going to a gym uh, you know when you go to a gym you don't go there to feel good <laughs> to feel nice and comfy and warm you, you go there to create violence on your muscles and the reason you're doing that is that you want to toughen those suckers up you know they're just laying there doing nothing okay we're, we're going to put you to work we're going to tear you apart and you've got to rebuild even stronger you see yeah. that's what we do to our own bodies and so we make all our yeah we we make we make everything so so then our heart has a purpose it's got to pump blood because that blood is your energy and, and you know everything has a purpose now you know when you go to a gym and, and you work out and then rest is very important and so there's there's these periods that we have to go through in order to grow and that's what I found out in the in the in the physical world is that that's why we're here as humans. We're put to the test continually, all the time. And as long as you uh, obey the, the 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 wise people and listen to their advice, they'll tell you how to do it, you know, and why to do it, yes. and why we're here. See, a lot of people don't. You talk about the mysteries and that. A lot of people don't know why they're here. And the reason is, is that's why, you, why you're here is to find out why you're here. Yes. And <laughs> you don't be so saying? distracted with everything, right? But it's okay to have those distracting moments because we that's, need those to ground ourselves, right? That's right. That's right. I tell people now when I do cameos, you know, as you get older, you know, and they curse old age. Don't curse old age. Don't curse anything. <laughs> Don't curse anything. Use everything. See, what we're given here is a limited amount of time. That's all we're given. And it's how you make use of that time is important.
Yes. Now, that's what I learned in the hospital. Because you're not being in bed moaning and groaning that you can't be outside running around with everybody else. There are moments when that goes through your head. But for the most part, you you got this universe. And, and, and now it's your universe. You can do whatever you want to do with this. You can use your brain. You can read. You can you can help you can paint you can you can create you can do all sorts of things that that but you have to have that that awareness that awareness and 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 that's a gift by the way yes that's what a lot of us have and that's what i've had all my life is is this gift of awareness you see there's no moments wasted you can't waste a moment on earth. People do all the time. I wasted my life. I should have, you know, they, they complain and moan and groan and everything else. Or they look for excuses of why they're not doing like their neighbors are doing or something like that. It, it's distraction. And by the way, that is also a role in the great play of life. <laughs> yes. I feel really bad, Jeremy and Amber. You guys have been so quiet and we only have, I think we only have Tommy for five more minutes and I have oh. a big question that I want to ask him. So I want to make sure you guys have a chance to ask any questions. And I don't know, Tommy, if you recognize these guys, but uh, they actually met you and gave you a piece of art at a convention that you guys were at together. At the Emerald Cup in 2019. Oh, right, 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 right. What did we get? The, the portrait of me? Um, it's uh, a mandala made of plant material that was oh, right, right. I got the glass. Yeah, I, I got all my I got all my stuff. I'm a hoarder, by the way. So oh yeah, so whatever, <laughs> so that is so me. awesome. This has been so humbling for you to share such intimate details of your foundation of your upbringing. And it's unfortunate we only had an hour, but you are so amazing at storytelling, and we're so enveloped in listening. It would be amazing if we can continue this because we do want to hear Ch Chong come into the picture and how that you know the movies were written. And you know it's been very humbling to have this hour with you. So I just want to say thank you. Well, I can tell you, uh, you know, in, in, in a word, really, uh, we all have a God app. We're all born with one because we all are from God. And uh, we are eternal beings. You, you, we're eternal beings. Now, we're here to have, as eternal beings, we're here playing a role you're playing your role you're playing your role i'm playing my role but we've always been here and we will always be here in one form or another and that's what i learned about uh growing up is that we're the gift that we're given is our time our time to be who we are and sometimes you know it's a short little stint we're on, you know. Uh, in fact, uh, growing up, uh, I remember we had these real close friends. Jerry, oh, what was it? Jerry? That was her name. Anyway, they had a baby, and she was gorgeous, little young young girl. Jerry was sort of like an old rounder, you know, and but they smoked. They smoked a ton of that. back in the day. You smoked. Everybody smoked. Doctors, everybody smoked. Yeah. The baby died in our house oh, because no. 
because of, of excess smoke. I found out not, no, back in the day, we had no idea. It was just a crib death. You yeah. know, they, they thought, but the ignorance, the love of that baby, and then the ignorance of, of why it died was astounding. It was astounding. But at the time, it was, it was, again, it was, it was a moment that, that it, it, it was profound, but so, so avoidable. All they had to do really was move the baby into another room, but they forgot. And because they're partying and smoking and drinking and, and, and smoking and, and laughing and, you know, the baby had no oxygen and, and, and it died. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't anybody's fault, but it was everybody's fault. You know what I'm saying? And experience. But the thing that's the, the good news is that baby just was here for that moment. Right. It experienced what it needed to experience to bring it back to source. That's right. That's right. And and so life goes on. See, that's a great thing about about what we're doing. You know, that's why I could do whatever I I, I wanted to do because I learned the secret. And the secret is the secret is there is no secret. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Tommy, I got one last question for you. And and this one is is coming from the conspiratorial world because that's what my listeners are all about. And that's what we love. And so in Hollywood, um, there's like this mystique about it. Right. And we have Keith Richards in an interview saying that he sold his soul to the devil in order for his riches and fame. And is that something that people just say, or is there some celebrities that have actually done this? Well, not just celebrities. There's, there's everybody, uh, you know, when you tell a lie, you're dealing with the devil, you know, because that's what the, the devil is. The, the, the devil is, 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 he's a lie. There's no such thing as the devil. <clears throat> There's images that, that you you what it is again, <laughs> you know, like me sneaking up on the on the on the the, the the locker to jump in, you know, get in trouble. Right. You know, who's the devil there? There's no right. devil. There's no devil. I love There's you. no devil. What there is is just life. If you want to really be honest about everything, okay. There's a few things. Music, music, by the way, is is eternal, and uh, uh, what's the word? Eternal, and uh, so special. It's always been here. Yeah. There's a few things that's always been here. Music is one of them. And you know what music is really is a a, a way to bring mathematics to the ear because that's what you're hearing. It can change your molecular structure. It's so amazing. Yes. The power of music can take you out of the worst mood you've ever been in and and make you happy. It's such a powerful, powerful tool. It's vibrations. It's gentle, beautiful vibrations. Like art. When you look at art, 
and, and you wonder why is this painting so uh, alluring? It's because it's a combination of colors that are designed to make you feel so beautiful about that combination. Just like if you see a, a combination that doesn't work and you can't look at it. <laughs> you know? I went, to, I went to a movie just recently. Oh, uh, last, <laughs> recently, it was, it was the last night and the night before. Oh, it was about a gay a gay romance. And and I'm, I'm not anti-gay, but I am sort of like uh, uh, so straight. Yeah. That, that that the thought of gay love kind of turns my stomach. Right. Okay. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not who you are, right? Exactly. Uh, definitely not who I am. And so when the gay parts would come on, I I'd go to the bathroom, <laughs> I'd sit there, put my, I couldn't watch. I could not watch it. I could not watch it. But yet, you know, I mean, I'm, I've got, beautiful gorgeous gay friends and uh, and tight you know really tight with uh, all that but but the, the, just watching it it was just it was against my whole yeah. being well, even you watching know? some straight sexual scenes especially like if my roommate's in the room with me, just, she's, a, she's a, a female right so i just feel kind of weird i'm like oh i don't <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's 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 those 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 feelings, you know. But again, it, it's something that we we have to not not so much conquer, but to, to deal with. Yes, you know, you know, to deal with. So you so we understand yeah. because everything everything we do in this life that we that we call our you know our life this our this you know, uh, why we're here is to learn and to learn. And, and, and I, I love your, your conspiracy shows, you know, because the conspiracy, what it does, it makes people think. Yes. Okay. It's options. Okay. Yeah. It could, it could be that way. It could be, it could be another thing. I was asked one time about what do I think of UFOs? Uh -huh. And I, and I said, well, they're obviously drones. Was this before drones? No. Oh, no. Okay. It was. It was uh, after. But they're obviously drones. Yeah. Because, well, because I feel like there's some interdimensional things happening here too. Because I feel like we're living with realms on top of each other. So I feel like when we see certain things, it's visions of that other realm coming through. That's just my po possibly, yeah. possibly possibly it's it, it's other other worlds yeah and, and 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 it's like they're they're in other worlds uh but but there is only one world like there is only one god you know there, there's not a lot of gods people like to think there are but but there is only one yeah that, that that that's why uh that's why the jews have a hard time because they were the first tribe to recognize the spiritual God. See, everybody else had 
statues and images of what they thought was God or myths, you know, of, of super beings that lived somewhere else. <clears throat> but the truth is, everything starts with one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That and then, used to keep me up at night. I it would drive me crazy. It was because uh, my parents were like, "Well, he was always been," and I'm like, "How has nothing had a start? Like, how has he always been? He had to start from something." No. And and, and so uh, it was it was explained to me one time as somebody drew a circle, and they were like, "Where does the circle begin and where does it end?" And I was there like, is. "That's it. That's it. And that's 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 the 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 shape of the universe." That is the shape of the universe. It never ends, it never beginning, but it spirals, it spirals. There's a spiral going. So you got that going for itself, you know? And, and it, it, there's a whole thing, but what we are, we are beings that if it wasn't for us, all this would mean nothing. We are the beholders. It's like if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody if hear nobody, it? Yeah. If no one hears it. So no. I, I love it. What Tommy Chong is saying is that we are special. There is something very special. Oh, so special. So special. We're, we are, uh, each of us, we are our own universe. When you look at the Hubble space shots, all you're seeing really is huge uh, galaxies that when you bring them down, they are what we are, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, our, awesome. like, our, like our bodies ourselves. It's so unique. It's a, it's a galaxy. There's parts of my body that doesn't know the other parts exist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? I've, I've seen these pictures and they're side by side of like your, your blood cells and your skin cells and your organs. And then they're side by side with things in nature and they look exactly the same. Exactly. Because they are exactly the same. Yes. That's, that's why there's, there's so much tenderness in, 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 in the world itself. And if you tend to go that way, you know, that's what the people that, you know, that uh, archaeologists, for instance, I think had I not been, a, uh, you know, an entertainer, basically what I was, I, I would definitely gone into the archaeologist business of, of looking for bones. And, and when I found out that we had dinosaurs, bones and that, uh where i live you know every time I'd, i i used to go on picnics by myself i'd go into the uh, little uh, we, we lived in the on the prairie and then there's the foothills and in the foothills there were little groves of trees little uh poplar trees are called <clears throat> and i used to just have this urge to go up there about a mile from my house and Eventually, I got to the point where my mother said, "Okay, you go and take a little lunch," and you know, and I'd go by myself and I'd build a little bonfire by myself, and, and but I was there by myself with nature, and I would just sit there and just just enjoy, uh, just being part of that that ecosystem, yes. and and I, I, I've I've never lost that. 
what I learned being, you know, in my life is being able to enjoy every moment, every waking moment now. And now, and now I've got this stuff. In fact, I'll, I'll do a little plug. I got this stuff called uh, Nice Dreams. It's, oh. uh, it, it helps you sleep. It's a CBD uh, thing. Now I take this and I swear to God, it doesn't give me dreams, but it, it gives you this peace. There's, there's this, I, like I wake up and it's not abruptly, like, you know, thank God for the lockdown because <laughs> I don't have to get, be anywhere, you know, usually have to do radio or, or travel or something, you know, but now I get to sleep in. Yeah. And, and, uh, because I love, I, I, I love sleeping. I love my bed. I love being able to drift into this beautiful space where it's just a rest. That, that's what I love about my, my nice dreams. It, it, you wake up and you, and you feel, hmm. Is it, feel a, warm. Is it a teacher? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You, you, it just you, helps you hit that REM rest, huh? Yeah, that's what it is. It, it, it. It's good. I know I got another one that's supposed to bring you out like you're doing the daytime. This is a, a good vibes, it's called. And, and, and I think it has a little caffeine in it or something, that, you know, to give you a little jolt to wake you up. But uh, yeah, where yeah, can people go find that? Uh, online. Hey, Tommy Chong. Hey, Tommy Chong.com. Hey, Tommy Chong.com. Awesome. Tommy, man, you came, you crushed it. It was such an honor for us to be able to sit here and talk with you. Uh, you, you totally made my day, man, I, and I appreciate it. You are an amazing soul, and uh, you've given us so much, uh, the world so much, and, and we love you. And if there's anywhere, you, anything you want to say or leave us with, man, the floor is yours. Uh, we got a Cheech and Chong documentary on its way out sometime. It'll be out sometime. We're, we are... Um, going public uh, with the, the Cheech and Chong product and, and the CBD it really helps. We got a, a CBD oh here it is right in front of me. <laughs> so Tommy Chong man, where is it? Right in front of me. This is uh, Cheech and Chong Cruise Chews. They're gummies and they have uh, 3% uh, THC which is legal and so these gummies which are CBD and THC are being sold over the counter uh, all around in Texas, for instance. Uh, we got a lady in Texas that, you know, it's uh, illegal there. Everywhere it's illegal, the hemp is legal. The, the THC, they're called cruise chews. Nice. Cruise, cruise with Chong and Cheech and Chong and and uh, have a nice, uh, have a nice, have a nice day. <laughs> I think I think we're parked, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I love it. I love it. Uh, Jeremy and Amber, guys, it was it was awesome. Any last words before we cut out of here? As always, it's good to be with you, Catalyst. Thank you so much, Chong. What a blessing it's been. I feel like I've been at a spiritual lecture. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, I, I I love I love being able to uh i love being asked those questions it was a prequel to your documentary coming out the chong's upbringing well, well it, you know the doc i haven't seen it i try to 
work on it. You know, my my daughter and her guy Dave, uh, they're they're doing it, and but they have a whole different take on it. It's it's really it's more than a documentary. It's like a movie, and they 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 get into involved in the, in the the why we broke up kind of thing and why we got, we're kind of back together. And there's a lot of uh, uh, uncomfortable yeah. uh, moments in the documentary that I try to fix it. I, I said, you know, because it, it's been going on for like five years now. And so I, you know, I'm a little impatient. I said, hey, I've got a great ending for your documentary. And my, <laughs> my daughter and Dave, they freaked out so bad that I was going to take over the movie that they they actually drove from L.A. to San Francisco to get Cheech to make sure that Cheech would not allow me to take the movie over. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wanted to, you know, I had a great idea for a funny bit, you know, but it's not a comedy. It's a, it's a true movie and very moving. I, I I assume. Oh you know, no, you're gonna make me cry, aren't you? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <clears throat> but anyway, it's good. Thank you very much, by the way. Yes, thank you so much, Tommy. It's been an honor, and I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. I will. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. That picture though. <laughs> <laughs> not a human. Not afraid. I will not comply. I will not obey. See, the plan is to depopulate. But the body can overcome anything, fuck what the doctor say. Fans shaking me like Bobby, wake up. Chip on my shoulder, I was holding a grudge. I wanted to be loved more than I wanted to love. But hey, what can I say? Fame's a hell of a drug. Born a slave to a tyrant. It's gonna take more than just petitions and riots. Are we headed for a future of being indebted to credit? Hoping the next leader elected or Trump the one we beheaded? Words the wealthiest rappers will never utter. Them checks they throw at a nigga's a motherfucker. Seems like the future was brighter when I was younger. Seems like the future was brighter when I was younger. I'm torn between performing and rewriting the norm Am I born to transform or just to die and move on? Be the light that people mourn while reciting all my songs To the battle I am sworn, saw a door, armor worn Beaten down to the point for being different You question old tradition, they just say you superstitious Like a snake that eats its own tail The economic system, public schools, the babysitter Healthcare's the modern day, Adolf Hitler Fact check, ever since the internet Molestation multiplied by a million percent Your aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews all in line with the shit History shows for speaking up, my whole life is at risk Yeah, I'm cocky, kamikaze, who gon' stop me? Anunnaki, Illuminati, neo-Nazis, they do me how they do Cosby When you winning, they gon' love you till you lose like Ronda Rousey Every revolutionary, they execute them proudly It go JFK, no, MLK, no Since Lenin got smoke, it's clear they don't want us to have hope they tore down our houses, replaced it with dope, and say that it's our fault. Fuck. So you wanted to fight, so you wanna be brave. So you found the light, and you've seen the truth, and you feel betrayed. Well, it comes with cost, a price to lose. As if we're really just born to die. Tools, they said, but being on TV looks pretty cool, I said. 
that's true, I said, must I remind myself? These corporations ain't your friends, you should have signed yourself. Um, they, they, who are they? They are us, we are they. The pyramids start at the top, we just mimic and behave the same way. Babylon brainwaves, human incarcerations, the modern day slave trade. Cost of college, cost of living, so how you can't maintain? All you can do is sell pills, drink tea, and waste train. Struggle to make mortgage and re-up by payday. Wealthiest family split it up eight ways. Okay. So you wanna be brave. So you found the light and you've seen the truth and you feel betrayed. Well, it comes with cost, a price to lose. Cause if we're really just born to die, I'd rather not have been born.